friends. Welcome back to Tony Talks Therapy. It has been sporadic lately, I know, but I have got a great interview for you today. We are talking with Tiffany Rowe. She is a clinical mental health counselor, CEO, entrepreneur, award-winning psychology teacher, and speaker on a mission to make therapy cool. She's known as the OG IG therapist and is out to change the mental health game. Tiffany is revolutionizing modern mental health by sharing her therapy thoughts on Instagram, offering courses on tiffanyrow.com, and spreading education and real psychological tools on the Therapy Thoughts podcast. You can expect no BS empowering help from this queen of mental health. She will help you make peace with mind, body, and food, and in her words, feel, deal, heal. On a personal note, Tiffany is a huge reason that I have the Instagram page that I do these days and the successful group practice that I do these days. Early on in my Instagram, back when I had like, I don't know, like 500 followers or something. Um, and before I had hired any of my employees, I did a business consultation with Tiffany um, where she really encouraged me and actually <laughs> sent me my first employee. Um, so I really respect and admire Tiffany and consider her a friend. And this conversation is a really wide ranging and great one. We talk about her feel, deal, heal, phrase and how we can do that. We talk about making peace with mind, body, and food. We talk about showing up authentically. We talk about what it's like to be a therapist and a human on Instagram and all the things. It is a fantastic episode. Can't wait for you to listen. And if you don't already follow Tiffany Rowe on Instagram, head over to at Hey Tiffany Rowe and check out her on the Therapy Thoughts podcast. Let's dig in. All right. Hi, Tiffany. How's it going? What up? Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to talk with you again. <laughs> uh, we're friends. This is fun. This is a this is a good podcast. I know. I'm so excited to have you on. And I, I was talking about this before and sort of reflecting on the idea of having you on the podcast. And for everybody listening, I consulted with Tiffany very early on in my Instagram career. I had like probably like 300 followers and was like, what the hell am I doing on this freaking platform? <laughs> I want to do something, but I need to figure it out. <laughs> so yeah. I did a, a business consultation with Tiffany and the, the biggest takeaway that I got was be who you are. You're awesome. And being you is the magic and like do that and things are going to happen. Um, and I started doing that and things happened <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Dude, you um, have like 15, over 15,000 followers now. Yeah, it's awesome. And like you're, one of your therapists was moving to Seattle and I was like about to start becoming a group practice owner and I hired her and now I have like six employees and it's like a whole thing. So I'm like, my consultation with Tiffany was like the moment that like stuff started to go up. Um, I think there was a, a lot there, but I'm just super grateful for you and appreciative of you and everything you're doing in the world. Dude, right back at you. Thank you. Yeah, you're a badass. Um, so I know that one of your things, and I just saw that you got a tattoo of this recently, is feel, deal, heal. And I'm wondering if you can talk us through what you mean when you say that. Yeah, so in my life before being a therapist, I was a writer. So my brain just thinks in ways of uh, headlines mm -hmm. and alliteration and hooks. And so I'm a therapist 
trying to explain to people why they got to stop fighting their emotions and uh, feel deal heal was born. So the idea is to stop resisting the very natural emotional experiences that come with not being a robot. Deal with those emotions and sensations. And that is how we constantly move through and build mental health and heal. It's a cyclical effort. Feel, deal, heal. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) All the stuff that comes with not being a robot. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's radical. Like, hey, you're human. You're not a robot. Like, it's okay. Right. We cannot (laughs) escape the emotional experience (laughs) as much as as we we might want to. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can talk through like, okay, let's maybe start with the feel part. Cause I do think, and I hear this from myself and my clients all the time, like feelings are dumb. They're annoying. They're weak. They're stupid. Like there's all these different, like, um, I think narratives we have about our emotional experience. Um, and I'm curious if you could just like talk a little bit about like that human experience of emotions and like why we get judgments around them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's break down each piece. So feeling, Mm -hmm. uh, let me start with like a personal anecdote before I just say what feeling is. Um, My kid is three and a half and in this like really like strong emotional state most of the time. And he'll he'll like get hurt, right? And be like, no, like I'm mad. I'm not sad. Don't look at me. Like it can't deal with like pain or emotion and is like pissed about the pain and goes through all of this. And I catch myself being like, like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, just like, why are you getting so pissed? Like having my own emotional reaction to his feelings, right? So even from a young age, I think most of us, we don't want pain. We don't want big feelings. It's uncomfortable. We resist it. And then our caretakers, like me, even a really like woke therapist is like, oh, I don't want you to feel what you're feeling. It's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable for me. So feeling is hard for everyone to do. Um, None of us want to be uncomfortable. None of us want to be in pain. We are hardwired to seek comfort and survive through the avoidance of pain. So feeling is a big deal because it kind of goes against that evolutionary protective survival instinct to run away from freaking pain. Yeah. So feeling is simply stepping into uh, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we like it, mm-hmm. but I can feel stuff. Right. We label it. We're aware of it. I'm I'm feeling sad. Wow, I'm sad. Okay, I'm aware that I'm feeling that, and I'm gonna feel it. Uh, saying it's okay to feel that. Like this validation of emotion is like a really big deal. Like it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be stressed. Like whatever we're feeling. Absolutely. That, that goes against most of our experience being raised, right? Yeah. And then just like allowing the feelings. We don't have to change it. It's not right, wrong, good, bad. It just is. And the paradox through feeling is by feeling it, it can pass. And so I think the feeling of emotion, sensations in your body, that's all it is, right? Mm-hmm. Is to just be mindful. I'm aware of this sensation. I'm aware of this feeling not judging it, not pushing it away, mm-hmm. allowing it. And there's a lot of, lots of tips and tricks we do as therapists to help people do that. Right. Yeah, but sure. really it boils down to that, like mindfulness and allowing of sensation. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you 
said like, it's okay to feel this, that I think so much, you know, emotions in and of themselves can be painful, but they're really temporary. And then when we add judgment on top of the emotion, we're saying like, oh, I'm sad and I shouldn't be feeling sad. And there's something wrong with me for feeling sad. Then like that sadness is going to last so much longer. And now we're also feeling shame on top of it. And so I love that validation of like, it's okay to feel sad. Yeah, it sucks and it's painful. And like, it's okay to feel this. Let's sit with it for a minute and then it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got a couple books inside my heart without any time to write them, but yeah. one day I might. One, day. one, one is feel, deal, heal. The other book is the validation cure because yes. that's all. I, that's all it is. That that's all it is. That's all our job is is freaking validating people right. and healing people through connection. And I think validating emotion is literally the cure. Absolutely. For most of our relationships to ourselves and yeah. so that validation it's okay to feel this because is so much more powerful than i think most of us even realize mm-hmm. yeah. but dude you know your therapist it's yeah. it's we're undoing so much invalidation and the harm from invalidation like validation is the cure that's that's how we feel yeah can you say a little more about how invalidation can be harmful yeah it it is dehumanizing mm-hmm So when you tell somebody like, don't feel what you're feeling, what you're feeling is wrong. You shouldn't feel that it's, it's gaslighting. First of all, telling someone like what your reality is, is not reality. It's wrong. And it invalidates the humanness. It's like, no, you're supposed to be a robot. You shouldn't be feeling what you're feeling or what you're feeling is wrong when no one has the power or authority or stewardship to like tell that to somebody. So it's dehumanizing and it's shaming. You're bad. You're, you're malfunction. Something's broken with you. Like this shouldn't be your experience. Um, I received those messages growing up and I look at the impact it has had on my life and I can create like direct correlation to mental illness. Yeah. To eating disorder, to anxiety disorder, to trauma, like the narrative that you're fucking broken and what you feel is wrong is harmful. Yes. It's traumatizing. And so validation to me is the opposite of that saying like, it's okay to feel how you feel. Totally. Like it's fucking radical, dude. Like, and so healing in that because our culture does not say that. So validation is really important. Invalidation is really, really harmful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many direct lines from experiences of invalidation to pain points we experience. Like I I think about all the all the like armor that we put on or all the defense mechanisms we generate for, you know, it's for me in my life, it was like, it's not okay to be sad. And so, okay, well, I'm not going to be sad. I'm just going to internalize all that shit and be perfect at everything. Right. And so it turned into anxiety and a different manifestation of depression. Right. And, and part of that was directly invalidation. Like this is, this emotion's not okay in this house. So do something different. Um, but I'm still feeling it. And so now I have to hide it and do these other things to pretend like I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, my like nervous system just wants to sigh with you. Like it's like being a human one-on-one, like we really all deserve a shot to be like, Hey, you're going to feel some hard shit. And maybe on top of it, we're not going to make it harder by saying like, you're bad for feeling. Right. Yeah. Like it's okay to feel it feel it all. It all makes sense and is temporary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
write those books, man. I'm, I'm going to read them. <laughs> Get some you time on what? your hands. <laughs> hey, I'm going to, I'll give you a, a headline. Mm-hmm. Like hear about the secret that Tiffany Rowe is pursuing a book deal this summer mm-hmm. on Tony Talks Therapy. <laughs> there it is. Heard it here first, y'all. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. I love it. So let's go to the, the next piece, that deal part of feel, deal, heal. So once we say, yes, it's okay to feel this, I'm going to sit with this emotion, feel it in my body, allow it to be here, accept that it is here, which does not mean that we're approving of it, just saying this is here and I'm not going to fight it. How do we deal? What does that look like? Yeah, dude, uh, the feeling's super hard, right? Yeah. But it... it we can't deal unless we feel. I really don't think we can. Mm-hmm. So once you're like, oh, I'm feeling like crap, or I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling shame, I'm feeling whatever, we can then deal. And what that means is we face it. We face and embrace. Mm-hmm. So we deal by facing emotion and embracing it and working with it. And so we're going to face the sensations we're gonna lean into discomfort mm. we're not going to avoid we're not going to suppress so we want to nurture instead of numb yeah we want to think about emotion and say what's gonna help me versus hinder me with this emotional experience mm-hmm. and so my lens and your lens it's it's mental health so what's going to help me get mental health versus hinder my mental health So am I going to pound a bottle of wine? Am I going to restrict food? Am I going to compulsively exercise? Am I going to rage on somebody? Or is that going to hinder my mental health and my goals and my values? So what can I do that will help them instead of suppressing, avoiding, numbing, whatever? Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? I mean, dude, there's a million ideas. I'll say some here (laughs) on the podcast, but like therapy is cool. Like we can deal with emotions and therapy. If it's too big, if we don't know how to feel and we don't know how to deal, there's professionals who are trained in helping people deal with emotion. That's us, right? Yeah. And how do we help people do that? Well, we talk about it. We give it space. We allow it to be. We journal. We meditate with it. Simply just like sitting in silence for a couple minutes and thinking about like, hmm, what am I feeling mm-hmm. is dealing. with it yeah we're not just being busy and avoiding right right um moving your body can be dealing with emotion using your nervous system using skills to regulate that so breathing breathing slowly using your body to help you move through and regulate emotion that's dealing um using your five senses is a classic way to deal uh Crying is one of my favorite coping skills. Crying's the best. (laughs) Crying's the best. And people are like, well, isn't that feeling? No, because you can block the tears. The tears are the literal release of the hormones. It's literal energy leaving your body. That's the dealing piece. You're feeling sad or you're feeling angry, so you release and deal through crying, right? Mm -hmm. Yoga, rhythmic movement, art, praying, Asking for help, coping skills, having fun, connection, community, laughing, finding meaning and purpose, spirituality, rest. These are all ways we deal. But let me say this. Sometimes people give me attitude about feel, deal, heal. 
because mm -hmm. people on the internet love to come up with things to argue about. Sure. So let me yeah. preemptively prevent you arguing with me really quick, whoever's listening to this. Feel deal heal, but delay is okay. Mm -hmm. So distraction is a deal technique. Yes. I'm not saying we're all just like feeling 10 out of a 10 trauma anger all the time and that's how we heal. What I'm saying is distraction and delay is part of this and when intentionally done is a mental health tool that will help you heal without suppression or numbing or avoidance. So yes. distraction can be helpful when feeling and dealing is too much. Yes. You're outside of your window of tolerance of what you can deal with. Mm -hmm. If you're overwhelmed, if you're dysregulated, distraction is not avoidance. Distraction done with intention is a really powerful mental health skill. And it means you're not indefinitely avoiding or suppressing, but rather you're saying, whoo, I'm a 10 out of a 10. I'm going to distract. I'm going to come back down to like a four and deal with this at that time. Absolutely. So nuance is part of the field deal heal jam. You're, you're allowed to like take breaks and, and regulate. Yeah, for sure. I love that this distinction between distraction and avoidance, because to me, like mindful distraction is so valuable and so categorically different than avoidance. Like I can tell when I'm avoiding something versus just like, oh, um, I'm thinking about last year, my mom died and like grief is the biggest emotion. I mean, and maybe for me recently that I can think of. And like, there were days where I'm just like, this is too much to feel. I cannot do it. I need to watch Great British Baking Show and like, just do like positive British food for like three hours. And then later yeah. I'm going to get in my journal and I'm going to write about this and I'm going to cry about this and I'm going to get a hug from my husband. And like, to me, that distraction was, this is too much right now. I've been feeling it for a while and it's too much and I need something different and I'm going to come back to it later when it yeah. feels a little more doable, when I've got a little more space or when I don't have a client in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't feel it right now because I got to go to work. Yeah. Um, uh, dude, I yeah. feel for you. I, I, the same thing. Mm -hmm. When my dad died, people in my family would like just text me throughout the day and like want to talk about it. I'd be like, F you guys. Like yeah. I have a client. I cannot lose this. Like I have to deal with this later. Right. And a lot of people didn't understand like, you're not facing this, you're not dealing with this, but you're right. We have to, we have to fit emotion and grief into mm -hmm. the reality of being a human. Again, we're right. not robots. So it's like, wait, I put this in a little box and I open it and deal with it later. Now I have clients who never open that box. Right. And so what do they do? They get addicted to heroin right. to try to ongoing numb and avoid the pain and so that's what we don't want to do exactly. it sounds extreme but it's not that far-fetched like yeah. people go to great lengths to avoid pain and so we're we're saying put it in a box for now so it doesn't bite you in the ass and like exactly. become a really scary addiction or harm your life right yeah because yeah. what can happen i think when we never take it out of the box or if we continually are, are like sitting on the lid of the box to keep everything in mm -hmm. then it comes out in all these sideways ways it comes out as addiction or eating disorder or you know physical illness sometimes um and like so that feeling and dealing is so important and sometimes we need to pause like you said delay for later oh, it's not it's not for the faint of heart y'all it's not this human shit is uh yeah <laughs> Where's the robot often? I like, know. 
I didn't get that option. For real. <laughs> I'll take it. No, I wouldn't actually. <laughs> oh, Jokes, man. but seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so we talk about feeling, feel the emotion, accept the emotion, sit with it, to remind yourself it's okay, do all that validation. Dealing is potentially delay, but once we deal with like our feeling and dealing, then it's coping skills, movement, dance, singing, connection, art, journaling, therapy, all the things that sort of support mm -hmm. us in caring for ourselves while we are feeling something that's potentially painful. Mm -hmm. Does the healing just sort of naturally follow from feel and deal? I'm curious if you have another sort of way of describing the, the healing piece of this. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. This podcast is going to sound different than other podcasts where I've been interviewed about feel, deal, heal, because mm -hmm. it's evolving for me. Yeah. And how I conceptualize this has evolved. Um, so this is my most, this is my most evolved evolution mm -hmm. of it thus far. Healing isn't a checkbox. It's ongoing. It's a practice. Yes. It's what we're all doing mm -hmm. or not doing. So it's like this natural condition that we can either foster or block. Mm -hmm. It's a working theory. Like, like we're in this like stream and we have this flow and we can either get like stuck in this and like stuck in emotion and yeah. stuck in grief and just like fucking hate the world mm -hmm. or we can try to like allow it and feel it and see where it goes and i think, think that's what healing is i think that's what feel deal heal is mm -hmm. um yeah healing to expand upon that is learning it's unlearning it's evolving but it's more than just this, like, that's it. I think healing is also still more work, which could be confused with with dealing. I think there's an overlap. I think healing is setting boundaries mm -hmm. again and again. I think healing is evolving in self-care. I think healing is self-validation and self-compassion. Self-correction is healing. Yeah. I think some more work is overlap of dealing and healing but i see healing as like inner child work is healing yeah um ch changing like generational patterns and taking on generational debts emotional debts assertive communication is healing yeah. like it's new ways of being and doing uncomfortable things I, in my mind it makes sense to differentiate what i'm saying now yes. from dealing because it's like you have to do this work to heal and it's in that where you're existing in like a new way of being totally i just I don't want to sound out too out there you're good i just had a flash of and this is coming from my specialty in, in doing trauma therapy i just had a flash of like this is a really good mirror for the three phases of trauma treatment that we talk about you know phase one is safety and stabilization it's feeling your feelings widening your window of tolerance so that you can manage and accept difficult emotions dealing is sort of like a corollary to phase two of trauma treatment which is memory processing right it's actually working through the thing that happened doing emdr or sensory motor psychotherapy or whatever to process the memory and then healing is a good corollary to sort of phase three, which I call integration. It's like, okay, that happened. That was painful. What does it mean about you now? 
Who are you now that you have experienced that? What does your life look like now that this thing has sort of processed, but you know, it's gonna come up again. You know, you're still gonna have feelings about it. Um, it's sort of, I don't know this, I just thought of that. Feels like a really good mirror. Shit, should we co-author this book? Let's do it. <laughs> Use the trauma framework to kind of, I love, I mean, I'm with you. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's really cool. So that healing is really all the things that you're describing that like inner child work and changing patterns with yourself or in your family or intergenerationally like that to me is integration work, right? Yeah. We've got all these feelings and we've got to live a life with them. We might as well figure out a way to make it fluid and yeah. like, yeah. Ooh. ongoing work ownership mm -hmm. accountability responsibility forgiveness is healing dude yeah uh letting go of control honesty intimacy like this characterization actualization authenticity you brought that up at the beginning yes um every time i fight to stay myself even though ninety thousand people have different opinions on who mm -hmm. i should be it's healing for me to choose tiffany as authentically as i can absolutely so it really is this process of integration and like wholehearted living, which that word, I don't even really know what that word means, yeah. but like living in line with your values. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's maybe a good segue to like you being you, which is, I think just something I super admire about you. And that I also know from like knowing you and also from like being a therapist on social media is really difficult to do because um, there's all these, I think, things like pulling us into like be authentic, like be inauthentic like this or show up like this and this, you know, good thing will happen. But like, oh, hold on. That doesn't actually feel good to me or doesn't feel right to me. Um, yeah, this is a super broad question, but like say more about being authentic and being who you are. <laughs> You know how much I hate that this is like actually a really, a really huge topic. Yeah. Am I allowed to cuss? Totally. Yep. So it's really fucking radical to be yourself as a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I feel a little bit protective. My, this is part ego. So I, I understand that, but I feel really protective of myself. Like I was being myself on Instagram before it was fucking okay to do that. Yeah. Like it was a really big risk. And I, in therapy training, we are brainwashed. Yep. We are systematically and fear-based brainwashed to hide and unlearn who we are in order to fit this system of like acceptable, patriarchal, conservative prototypes. Yep. We are taught to be little robots, to lose our personalities, to be a certain way. Um, and that just wasn't like working for me. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of like one day said, fuck it and said, dude, the reason I'm such a good therapist is because I'm kind of like weird and rogue, but how do I show that when I'm not allowed to be myself? So I just, I don't know, dude, like something in me broke and I just got on Instagram and started being myself. It was radical. Mm -hmm. And I hate that we're talking about this because that is the truth. It is radical as a yes. therapist to be yourself. It's considered, is it unethical? Right. Is it, oh. I mean, it's definitely not professional uh, this isn't okay. And are you breaking boundaries? And like, what's all this mean? So here's what I got to say about that. What the fuck else are we supposed to be if we can't be ourselves? Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Like, I'm really curious. Like, I don't know. Like, a a prototype, a robotic prototype, don't be you. And somehow still build a relationship of trust and rapport with your clients. Right. And help empower them to love themselves. So, I don't know. That's what I have to say about authenticity is therapists are systematically desensitized from like being authentic mm-hmm. but then we're supposed to help other people authentic be authentic and love right. themselves so I said that's bullshit and have found that through being me there is great power and success that lies in that absolutely yeah and not only like yeah I love that like how are we supposed to help our clients be themselves if we are not being ourselves and like the healing in therapy is the relationship. It's like a human being in relationship with a human <laughs> and doing that, like, obviously therapy is not about us as the therapist, but like we're in the room, we're the instrument in that room. And so, yeah, how's it supposed to happen if we can't be who we are? Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, and I'm not even talking about like, I am talking about, but also it's not just this, like, right. right. Can you have tattoos as a therapist? Can you have pink hair? Can you have right. like uh, piercings? Right. How can you dress? Like this is the bullshit that we get caught up on and we police each other for in the field. And I'm like, right. of course you can. Why can't you? But more deep than that is like, can you be yourself in this work? Mm-hmm. Like authenticity for me is my recovery. A lot of my yes. trauma comes from not being allowed to be who I am, from shame, from religion from shame for having a strong personality as a woman for not fitting this traditional idea of like a submissive, quiet, traditional lady. Yes. And so I definitely found a career that reinforced that trauma and made me feel like, here's how you get, be perfect, be better than other people, be a therapist. And so a lot of my, my healing in my recovery is saying like, no, fuck that. Like I'm a human. Here's who I am. I'm allowed to be who I am. And that's what makes me a good therapist. I mean, feminism, that's like feminist theory, right? Absolutely. And it's, I I think you've said this before, like it's your, it's your superpower. It's our superpower, right? Like being ourselves is the thing that makes it like, that makes it work. Dude, I mean, you did, you did consulting with me and it's a scam. Like I literally am scamming everyone who does consulting with me. Like, let me save you some money. Like all I'm going to tell you to do is be yourself. Yeah. But that's actually really fucking hard. And um, I have left multiple systems in my life. Like I was raised conservative. Now I'm really liberal. Mm-hmm. I was raised Mormon and now I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. I, I have systems I've broken through. So leaving the counseling paradigm of like, be this good little robot. Mm-hmm. I have experience breaking from belief systems that don't work for me anymore. Yes. It's not easy to do that. It's, scary so being yourself is breaking from a system in our world that says who you are is bad so being authentic is breaking free from a shame system in our culture and that's fucking scary that's really hard it's hard yeah and your consulting's not a scam (laughs) because like you say that but like i think the the be yourself thing is the umbrella and the like how to do that and here's encouragement and here's support and here's what I see in you that 
makes you you and makes you different from other people like holy shit so valuable anyway i'm just gonna thanks tony i mean yeah yeah like i've never had anyone complain about what i do in consulting but like right like theoretically i'm like this is such bullshit yeah. that we have to like get help to have that permission but it right. is so needed it is you know, in the helping profession. So I'm team be yourself. I think it's your superpower. I think people want real humans. Yeah. Well, and I think even outside of the therapy room, it's such a part of being a happy and full human. Like I'll use myself as an example, and this is sort of specific to being a therapist, but not really. I remember when I first went into private practice, I had about six months where I felt like I didn't exist. Cause I was like, oh, I have to dress like this because that's how therapists dress. And then I have to talk like this. And then I'm only really seeing my clients and I had just moved to Seattle. And so I didn't have a lot of friends. So I'm like, I'm pretty much only seeing my clients and my husband and like, am I even real? Or am I just this like high heeled cardigan vessel for other people's shit? And then when <laughs> their shit's not in there, it just, I just don't exist. Um, it was a real mind fuck for a little while. And then once I started like, oh, I can like be who I am in the room then I can be who I am outside of the room. And then I can be happier basically everywhere. Cause like, to me, like being who you are is like, I said it earlier, like the magic, like that's how we access happiness and well-being is by yeah. being who we are around people who accept who we are and love us for who we are. Right. Dude, you said it way better than I did. <laughs> yeah. Back to jam. How do you, maintain that authenticity when you are getting I'm just imagining with the size of Instagram page you have that you get a lot of people just like all over the place calling you out or contradicting you or trying to start a fight with you or trying to tell you not to be who you are like how do you deal with that people who are like trying to shame you into being different than who you are how do I deal with that um I the other night in like a fun insomnia, like 2 a.m. place of anger, I started making this post mm -hmm. that I haven't posted, but I like combined all the things I had heard that week. Mm. Um, so this is how I deal with it. Yeah. Because these are things I've heard. Keep your personal life off here. Thank you for being vulnerable. You've helped me love myself. You make me feel bad about myself. Mm -hmm. You look anorexic. You've gained weight. Intuitive eating is stupid. Oh my gosh. You have a big ass nose. You need a nose job. I love your real face. I love your dancing. Therapists shouldn't be dancing on Instagram. Your energy is annoying. I love your energy. I can keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what did you notice about those? Uh, so many uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. So here's how I deal with that. They're opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I really believe if I am living in line with my values, if I'm not causing harm and like doing some crazy like privileged, ignorant shit, spewing mm -hmm. harmful messages, like me being me, like existing and living in line with my values, I'm not going to be for everyone. Right. I never have been like, this isn't new to me. Mm -hmm. Now it's just a wider audience with like unsolicited access to like my DMs. Mm -hmm. So really 
what you do is recognizing you get these opposite reactions and you can't control that. And you're also not responsible for it. So you love my dancing, you hate my dancing. How do I make both people happy? I fucking can't. No. And what I do know is if there's 90,000 people standing in front of me and I do something, each one of those real humans is going to have a different reaction and I am, I cannot control it. Yeah. I'm not responsible for it. Now, am I willing to know better and do better? Yes, I have fucking learned about social justice in real time on yes, fucking Instagram. Absolutely. So I, I want to be clear. I'm not just using I'm not for everyone as an excuse to be like, fuck you guys, like, right. it me. <laughs> yeah. But I am saying, like, I, trust me, like, my, my consciousness knows what's wrong with me more than anyone. Mm -hmm. What I'm not responsible for is your opinion of me being authentic. <laughs> right. Like, so you can't control other people's reactions. You can't control other people's feelings. They don't define you. What they are are reflections of their framework, their insecurities, their lens. Love me or hate me, like it's really not in my control, yeah. nor is it my reality. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like this podcast episode is a glimpse into me not making a lot of sense, but. I think you're making so <laughs> much sense. <laughs> this is fantastic. And. I mean, it makes so much sense to me that like, okay, I can't be for everyone. So I might as well be for me. Like if there's going to be two people, one person loving what I'm doing and one person hating what I'm doing, like, why don't I at least like what I'm doing and like let other people deal with it? <laughs> like you said, unless yeah. I'm hurting someone, unless I'm doing something harmful or saying something harmful or saying something like, you know, like if it's not that stuff, then like, yeah, be who you, be you. I, I don't know what the other option is all right. the time. I'm like, can I, what would it look like if I posted something that literally didn't offend anyone? Right. It's not possible. Cause even a black square, right? Like we did that for yeah. black lives matters and that's not okay with everybody. So it's saying I can't control these. I'm a conscious person. I'm aware if I'm living in line with mm -hmm. my values, I'm committed to like growth but other people's opinions about who I am do not determine my worth. They aren't going to determine my actions. And if I base my content online off of getting people's approval, uh, I'm going to lose. Yeah. So that's why I say just be you. Yeah. Your page would just devolve into, you know, pictures of tacos and dogs. That'd, that'd be it. <laughs> Which maybe I should do that. <laughs> But it's also really funny, dude, like people have been, you know, things evolve online mm -hmm. and like who we are evolves, mm -hmm. whether you, you have online or not, but right. it's like me dancing is controversial for a lot of people. Right. And I'm like, yo, like this isn't new. I've been dancing since 2018. Like right. I throw dance parties. Like yeah. this is right. So it's interesting. You can be who you are and certain people are going to catch on to it and not like it at different points. And I think it's more about them than you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's like, I think too, about like, there are people and ideas that resonate with me more at particular times in my life than they do in other times. Right. Like there are moments where, um, 
I just like really am like loving someone's content or loving being around the person. And then another time where I'm like, nope, that's kind of exhausting right now. Or like my emotional space has changed where like, that's not for me right now. And like you said, like, that's not about that person. That's about me and my stuff. And like, I get to be discerning about what I access and what I don't when it does and does not feel right for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that is the ultimate point. I'm like, I love that people go out of their way to tell me what they like and what they don't like about me. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I honestly don't care. Right. So I'm like, so why are you still following me? Like if I don't fit for you, take care of yourself. Right. Like what you just said is the whole point. Like be aware that you don't have to follow everyone or like everyone. And even people in your family and boundaries, like relationships change. Mm -hmm. You have to have distance, you have to have space. Like it's not going to work for you. If this isn't okay for you, or you're allowed to work on your shit and not, uh, that's fine. Unfollow me, unfollow you, unfollow people, set boundaries with your family. Mm -hmm sometimes cutting people out, like pausing, taking breaks, like good. I think that's the point is like, be aware of what, what's going on in here and feel deal heal with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I was about to link it back to feel deal heal too. Like if <clears throat> I were watching a video of you dancing and I hate it, which I don't, I like love it. And I think it's so fun and <laughs> inspiring, but like, <laughs> let's say I hated it for a minute. Okay. I've got a feeling about this. This is giving me some anxiety or some shame or some, you know, anger or whatever. Okay. I have that feeling. It's okay that I have that feeling. Let me deal with it, be kind to myself, practice something and let me heal. Maybe that means I unfollow Tiffany for a little while, or maybe it means that I like look at other pages of people who don't dance and like yeah. come back to Tiffany's page when I feel like I have felt through this whole thing and want to come back to her. Um, yeah. Like that's, that's so much of the process in like real time, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just like therapy is a microcosm for the real world. Mm -hmm. My Instagram's a microcosm. So if you're having this feeling about me, where else is this showing up in your life? Totally. What is it about me that's representative of that? Mm -hmm. What is it about X, Y, and Z that I said or did that is a mirror for you, your projections, your life? What are you going to do with that? I think it's helpful to like take Instagram for what it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's a social platform, right? Like, cool. I, I'm shocked 90,000 plus people follow me in the first place. I'm not going to be for all those people all the time, but yeah. it's not about us. It's not about me. Exactly. What is it about you, your authenticity, your field, your hero journey, what you're taking in, adapting and creating the life that you want? Like, it's all just a mirror, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. What is the, the phrase we learn in grad school thing? Everything is grist for the mill. Yeah. <laughs> One of those fucking therapy phrases that I'm always like, I hate it, but it's right. And damn it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh goodness. So but I'm great. I'm grateful for that little platform. It brings me together with people like you yeah. and it's given me a lot of growth, right? Like as Absolutely. a perfectionist who, uh, operates from shame and like wanting everyone's approval. Like what a gift mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. There's no shortage of me being able to work through that on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm like, yeah, I can either let it make me or break me and I'm letting it make me. Yeah. And it is, you're doing, you're freaking killing it. I'm so like grateful for you and all of the things that you like create and the energy that you put into what you do. And I know that it can be so exhausting and like also so rewarding and the stuff that you create is so freaking valuable and 
You're changing it. You're changing the game. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're the best, Tony. Thanks. <laughs> what is, um, oh gosh, I had a question and I lost it. This is my like moving brain right now. Um, yeah, okay. That question went away. <laughs> That's the universe. That's just the universe being like, no, don't go there. <laughs> um, I'm curious, like, what has changed for you since you have been in quarantine? Hmm. How are you dealing with the, the world? Uh, let's see what's changed in quarantine a lot. Like I focused a lot on business, you know, the mm -hmm. mental health needs of the world have mm -hmm. increased since quarantine yes. and it, it's, um, it's inspired a lot of like work and pivoting and changes. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've kind of kept my head down and tried to find ways to help more people yeah. and make mental health care accessible. Yeah. So that's one aspect of just like, okay, what do I do with this yeah. professionally? And then personally, I mean, it's a shit show, dude. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I doubled, I doubled my anxiety meds mm -hmm. in, uh, summer. Yeah. And, uh, like it just sucks like it to deal with the reality of you know sometimes even if you know everything literally about your mental health condition or disorder um it, it can still overwhelm mm -hmm. your body's ability to cope and so meds have been part of how i've coped with it Absolutely. more uh virtual time looking at screens than i'd like to admit to having mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I started exercising because that was kind of like the only way I could uh, cope with all the anxiety of being right. pent up and so that's you know been really nice to have like a, a, an outlet just yeah. stuff like that nothing special or cool but it's been fucking hard yeah it's super hard and like you said even when we have like a lot of tools when we're going through a trauma it sucks it's painful like it's overwhelming um, and we can like do all these things to maintain and care for ourselves. And there's, it's just a lot right now. Yeah. How yeah. about you? What are you doing? Oh, you know, trying to get sleep. That's one of the things when things are like really hard, I try to focus on sleeping as much and as well as I can. Oh my um, gosh. So I try to get a lot of sleep. I play with my dog. I like sit down on the ground and just like look at my dog's face like 16,000 times a day because he just is made of pure joy and just like, oh, you're just so cute. And I just, anyway, so I stare at him a lot um, and play with him. And, you know, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah uh back in therapy lots of journaling and even with all the you know all the skills it's tough yeah yeah we we're all in this collective trauma right mm -hmm. and i think hopefully folks listening can kind of take heart knowing like hey two therapists who are who, who know their shit around mental health are totally struggling too it would yeah. be weird not to exactly and like you said, the uh, mental health needs of folks are really increasing. Like, 
Yeah. I, I, I notice in private practice, like in the summer, I typically will see a dip in like client, new clients reaching out or like see more clients canceling. And this summer was just like the same or more people reaching out. And it's like, people are truly struggling. Um, and it's really tough. So I wonder if you can sort of, I'm mindful of our time, but I want you to have some space to talk about the stuff that you've created that you offer for folks to make therapy accessible and to bash mental health stigma. I wonder if you can talk <laughs> about some of the, the tools that you have that people can access if they're interested in, you know, learning more about you or, or, or getting to the content you've got out there. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in 2020, we created a coaching subscription membership because that's the most effective way for me to work for more, more people. It's the Feel, Deal, Heal pack. Yeah. And so every month you can join me uh, for either 30 bucks a month or 40, depending on if you want to subscribe or not. And we dive into a couple topics. This month we're doing self-love. Next month we're doing communication. We got webinars and a workbook a meditation, a dance playlist, obviously, because it me, like there's just creative ways to connect and get mental health support outside of therapy. Yeah. Um, you can find that, that and everything else I do just through my Instagram at Hey Tiffany Rowe. I also have online courses. I have over 15. Yeah, you've got They're a cheap. <laughs> that's, that's my jam. Like the teaching is my favorite thing I do. Yes. Um, so if you want help with like a specific topic, you want to learn mental health education. That's what my courses are about. So everything from mindfulness to self-care to body image to perfectionism to inner child work to like business for therapists. I have over 15. That's again, you can find me through at Hey Tiffany Rowe. Yeah. Dude, I'm looking at my wall because I have 20 branches of my business. Yes. I'm like, what else do I offer? What else? <laughs> I have a podcast. It's called Therapy Thoughts. We're starting season four in March, I think. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love your podcast. Therapy Thoughts um, podcast. You've got your merch. Every time merch. I wear my Therapy is Cool hat or shirt, because I think I've bought like one of almost everything, because I'm just like, I love this shit. and just need to be on brand always. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Oh, man. My journey... Last night, I officially sold out of my last Don't Be a Butthole to Yourself t-shirt. Nice. I made those in 2018, and I was like, I'm brilliant. Like, I'm the coolest person in the world. Yeah. And I don't know why no one wanted to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> that took me, like, two years to sell, like, 300 shirts that say butthole on them, but I did it. You They're did gone. It. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but my, uh, so you can find things that don't say butthole as well, like, yeah. therapy is cool. I have a bunch of cool designs. Absolutely. Uh, so cool. I love that you're telling me what I do because I like pants. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what do I offer? And once COVID's done, you can come to my dance parties or like my retreats, you know, all that good stuff. I can't wait. I was supposed to go to your dance party like two weeks after quarantine started and it got canceled and I was so bummed. I mean, it needed to happen, but like, I'm very excited for when the next one's happening. I'm going to be there. It's going to be epic. Yeah going to be awesome. I can't wait to be with people again. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, I will link to your Instagram and all, and your courses and your merch and the Field Deal Hill pack. I will link to all of that in the show notes to make sure that people can, can access that if they want. And thank you so much for coming on, Tiffany. You're freaking rad. You're awesome. Super grateful for you. 
Oh, you're the best, Tony. I feel the love. You've been in my corner since day one. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. What an awesome episode. I super encourage you to check out Tiffany on Instagram if you don't already follow her at Hey Tiffany Row. She has also got on her website merch. She's got courses all on a whole range of topics. Um, she's got coaching practice. She, If you're in Utah, she's got a group practice where you can access therapy for her and people that she's hired. Um, Tiffany is just rad, and I really love that we got to bring you this interview today. So thank you so much for listening to the Tony Talks Therapy Podcast. Um, I'll also encourage you to follow me on Instagram if you don't already at Tony Talks Therapy. I've got some cool stuff in the works for you guys coming up, hopefully soon, pending my energy and the summertime sunshine. Um, But we've got some cool things in the works that I'm pretty excited about. So thanks so much for listening. Take care.